Welcome to the podcast, where you will learn everything you need to be a successful student at any level of academic study. Listen each week as I interview experts, leaders, and students. If you are studying or thinking about it, you will need practical tips, techniques, coaching, and support to help you get finished and be successful. While you're listening, please take a moment to rate and review the show. Links and info are always in the show notes. So join me now as you listen in, learn, take action, and succeed. Perfect. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to our weekly Learning Your Lunchtime webinar. It's fantastic to see you all, and uh, I'm very grateful that we've been able to get these going uh, in 2022, and hopefully we'll be able to continue delivering lots of value through these live sessions. I think it's just so important to connect on a weekly basis, check in with everybody. And really, I suppose this is the sort of weekly team meeting of the Student Success Coach uh, community. And of course, as you can see, we've got Tracy uh, joining us in studio today. So one of our Student Success Coaches and an absolute uh, fantastic supporter of graduates and early professionals and lots of experience and expertise in helping people uh, get the jobs they want and launch the careers that they want and have all sorts of amazing success. So. We'll get into the topic of the webinar just now, which is really uh, how to get a job in 2022. And Tracy will give us a sense of how the year's kicked off and what we can you know, expect uh, in terms of the job market uh, in the year ahead. But just from my side, a reminder that uh, we've got the Facebook group, we've got the YouTube channel. So while you're here, please do just subscribe. Uh, Tracy and I will share our websites as well. So there's lots of resources uh, freely available for you to take advantage of to help you be as successful as you possibly can. And a very important announcement for this week is that we launched a laptop giveaway uh, courtesy of Tracy and her network. So Tracy, I mean, when you introduce yourself just now, you can talk a little bit about uh, who that was that kindly donated that to uh, the community. And the way that it works is inside the Facebook group, uh, hop in there and you'll see a post uh, announcing the giveaway. Just to recap on the rules, uh, you will just need to comment on that post with your motivation as why you think you should uh, get the laptop and then it will be judged very simply on the top three comments uh, based on the number of reactions any type of reaction those top three will then be considered by myself and tracy and the winner will be announced in next week's uh, webinar which will be on um, interviewing for a digital marketing position so uh, we'll have salil online talking about digital marketing and how you can prepare yourself to answer uh, the types of questions for digital marketing so I'm going to put a couple of links into the chat uh, to provide you guys with all the resources that I've been speaking about. Uh, while you're here, please do um, subscribe. Akhale, thanks. Great pleasure. We're here every Friday at 12 o'clock, so take advantage. Uh, might make the difference uh, in your degree. And uh, Selfish says, so excited to be here. Uh, great to have you as well. And uh, the rest of you that are here, please just do tell us where you're from, uh, what you want to learn today, uh, give us some good vibes. Tell us how your years uh, got off to. Uh, we're already in February and hope it's going well for you. But enough from me. Over to you, Tracy. Just to tell us how was your holiday and, you know, tell us about the laptop and a bit of insights from your was, side. Yeah, it was fantastic, Peter. I must say that it's rare when you have your own business, you don't have the luxury of taking time off. But I did and I came back so inspired. Um, and the year has been busy. And if I'm doing a lot of coaching, it's a good sign because it means that people are looking for jobs and that I'm doing a lot of mock interviews at the moment for my clients. But that means people are interviewing. And the other really positive thing is companies are moving a lot faster this year. So when um, when so not only are they wanting to interview, but once they find someone they like, they're really churning out the offers quite quickly. So that's a good thing. I know, um, and COVID, of course, everyone's going to um, link it to COVID, and, and undoubtedly so. But also towards the end of the year, people don't want to make hiring decisions. So, you know, students graduating, they get to December, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I don't have a job for next year. Whereas now, suddenly, there is action. And also, where companies who hire graduates um, were saying, we're only going to take one or two. So I'm finding the companies are now saying, actually, we want a few more graduates. So that also works really well in your favor. So I had a great holiday. 
I'll tell you a little bit more about the laptop a little later and um, some, some great work I've been doing with Study Trust because they're interlinked. But what I would love is, you know, Peter, and those of you who've listened to me before, you know I love interactive chats. So it's not even just that it, one feeds off comments and engagements. It's because then I can tailor make what I'm saying. So, for example, I would really appreciate you telling me what year of study you're in and what you're studying, where you're studying it. And today I want to focus um, very much on people who are, have recently graduated, who haven't found anything yet or maybe are in final year of studies um, this year. So I think the urgency is really there. So I want to focus on that. So it would be really useful, again, if you are someone who graduated last year, obviously graduated this year, but finished up at varsity last year, and you still haven't found anything, and you're, you're really stressed, and um, you you kind of feel like you've done everything because I'll be able to tell I'll be able to look at what you have done and say what you could do a little more of. So pop some details in the in the chat, and um, I will keep an eye on it. But if I miss something, don't feel bad to spam me. All right. No problem, Tracy. So that's a, a good um, suggestion there of how to get the most value from the session uh, this afternoon. So guys, please do put specifics uh, in your comments and then Tracy can deal with those specifics and it'll be more relevant to you uh, the more uh, information and details you can give us. I'll also put Tracy's website up so that you can uh, get in touch with her as well. So Tracy, let's um, start with um, Etumaleng who says, I studied a Bachelor of Social Science in Heritage and Cultural Tourism, and my second major was Anthropology. I completed my degree last year. I'm graduating this year. Uh, he studied at the University of Pretoria. Uh, so welcome, University of Pretoria. And I presume then he's interested, as per the topic of this webinar, in positioning himself as best as he can with prospective employers and job opportunities out there in the market. Tracy. Absolutely. And I'm assuming, Tumaleng, thank you for sharing. I'm assuming that you finished up at Varsity at the end of last year and you're here to share that you haven't yet found something. And don't worry that you haven't graduated yet. Companies are going to, um, they're going to speak to you now knowing that you've finished Varsity and that the graduation is still happening. So I'd love to know in the chat, just you can elaborate a little bit more, but what I would say now is it's no different to what you would have done last year in terms of your search. Um, probably a little bit more um, intense <laughs> because you need a job and you've probably got nothing more than a study loan. But I want you to look back on what you did last year to apply for jobs and where it was falling short. Looking, searching for a job, I find can the bottleneck can be either first not knowing what you want to do, um, or knowing what your skills fit into. The other thing is not knowing which companies to approach. And we always think, what if they don't have a job? Or what if they wouldn't want me? Or what? I want you guys to think, what company do I want to work at? And how am I going to open doors there? Okay. So it's not knowing what company. Maybe it's that you're following the regular route that we all assume is the right way to find a job. We see when there's a vacancy, we sign up, we apply for the role, and we don't ever hear anything. Then the next thing is some people will do that and they will maybe get a decline. So we need to look at why are you being declined? The next bottleneck that I find is massive and embarrassing as a, as a recruiter myself. Um, recruiters are notoriously bad, bad for not getting back to people. So what happens is you choose a company you really want to work for, you apply no one comes back to you. My clients will come to me and say, Tracy, I've applied to 20, 30 companies and I've been unsuccessful. Where in actual fact, all that they've done is sent the CV or loaded it. And one recruiter who may have left or had a bad day or be ill or be swamped, didn't get a chance to look at the CV 
uh, let alone respond, and you immediately think your entire career with that company didn't come to anything. So we need to look at how to make sure that people are actually seeing your CV. I'm not saying bypassing the official kind of process, uploading, but we also have to find an, an individual within the organization to follow up with. And then the next um, bottleneck is people have getting an interview or two, or let's say first round interview, but being declined. And you're wondering now, is it that my skills weren't up to scratch? Is it that my interview technique wasn't right? And interestingly, when people come to me for advice or coaching, they um, often will come in fact, the client just before now um, came to me saying, I, I'm worried my CV, I'm worried, I'm worried about my LinkedIn and whatever. I said, we can do that in five minutes. Don't worry. Let's put a strategy to, into place to look because it's, let's say, 90% of the time. It's actually how you're going about the search. So let's go back to... If you popped it on the, um, if you pop the, I'm just bear with me, guys. Uh, social science, Etumaleng. So Etumaleng, I would love you to. Okay, the assumption is correct. So Etumaleng, for the benefit of everyone, what have you tried? And and I know it takes courage to share, but everyone learns from it, right? You guys are in the same boat. What have you tried, and where are you finding that your bottleneck is? Okay, so we can look at that, we can break it down, and I'll tell you from there. Thank you for the um, for the comments, and um, this is a, such an engaged crowd, Peter. Mm. I'm Tracy? impressed. Tracy, Everyone... let's go back to, there was a great question from Mandisa. Cool. And I think this is good for everyone. So how can I make my cover letter memorable? So how can we, and whether it's the covering email, or the contact that you try and make on LinkedIn, how do you stand out in a recruiter's inbox? <laughs> so linking on from what you were saying, yes, we know recruiters are, are not that great at responding, but assuming they do at least open something up that you've sent them, whether it's a cover letter or an email or a LinkedIn you know, contact request, what's the secret source there uh, for standing out? Well, I think getting them to open it in the first place. Now, listen, I'm not slamming us recruiters, but what happens is you have someone in the business who is pushing for you to hire someone or you to find someone for their team. And they don't realize you may have 30 job specs, 30 managers desperate to find someone. So they don't often get a chance or have the, the luxury of doing exploratories and maybe helping you find something. They are actually, they are demands that they need to fill. So trust me, when you're, you're working, like say for example, you're working 20 different vacancies within the company. And that is everything from screening to first rounds to engaging, you know, there's a lot of stuff. So when somebody comes to a recruiter and they say, I'm really looking for a job, this is my background, and they say, oh, they didn't even come back to me, please understand that that is why. Um, that said, the first thing is getting them to open your cover letter. That's already memorable. Now, why I say that is if they, once they, okay, so if they're receiving a bunch of um, applications, They've put it on the portal. Um, everyone's applied. You know, they're scanning through. They are, could highly likely not even open your cover letter. And I'll tell you a little story about my experience as well. Um, why I say that is they are going through three, when I was recruiting graduates at Rand Merchant Bank, 3,600 CVs scrolling through them, the cover letter wasn't a primary um, focus for me. So getting them to open the cover letter is you do it by following up with the person. So you have to put the details, you have to apply via the process, but that's where it's super, super important to then go and find the recruiter at the company and say, I have also applied 
via the portal. However, I really want this job and I want you, I want to make sure that you see it. Okay, so that's already one step further than the other 3,599, okay? So more chance, so you've increased it. Then once you open it, I'll talk about the content. Once they open it, I two things that I really don't like when I see a cover letter, I almost feel like, why did you bother? It's when it's sort of vague buzzwords, like who doesn't think they're a great team player? They have, um, they work hard. They've got, I mean, like everyone says, if you don't have it, I mean, you're not going to, you know, you're going to say it anyway. So I always like a bit of a yawn with those. The other thing is when people repeat their CVs, so they're sending your, you're sending the, your CV and then you have a cover letter, which basically does a summary of your CV. It's a waste of time. And it's, you know, when you're screening a bunch of CVs, you don't want to troll, troll through all of that. What you want is something short to the point, very personal, very honest, and the cover letter should be telling a story. So I'll give you an example. Say for, exa oh, say for example, here's my example, um, I'm putting myself into the position. So I have my CV and um, attached to that, I'm looking, I'm in recruitment. I, I love graduate recruitment specifically. And I, instead of saying in my cover letter, I, I have 20 years in recruitment experience. I've run various graduate programs. I da 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 da, da repeat, repeat. I would much rather tell the story of one day I was sitting, and this sounds like so bizarre, but it's captivating because it's a story. I was sitting on my granddad's, I'll tell you somebody sent one this week. When I was young, I used to drive my mom crazy because I was always unscrewing and reworking the appliances. And right from then, I knew that I was somebody who wanted to blah, blah, blah. That's catchy. People want to read more. Tell your story and then supplement it with your, with your CV. And the last thing I'll say on that, remember I said from my personal perspective, when... I get an application if I'm recruiting, which I don't do much now, but when I used to get an application, do you know, so I did graduate recruitment um, and it recruited for the internship. Well, I started up the graduate program, so it was my baby. And when I got um, graduates applying, the first thing I opened was the transcript. Sometimes the only thing I opened was the transcript. I very rarely opened a cover letter because it was always so generic. Why I say the transcript for you guys is, as students, it's not your marks. It is not only your marks. When you are young and you haven't worked yet and you don't have much else to go on, your university or your any tertiary qualifications hold a lot of weight. And um, as you get older, your skills will outweigh your um, your marks and, and your what you uh, studied. But when you're young, as a grad recruiter, you kind of are you kind of looking for um, what the person studied, where they studied, what the marks were, and especially what the trends are. So I look at. Um, transcripts and I can see areas of strength. I can see the subjects. I can see the choices that you made. I can see your ID number. I can tell your age. I can tell there's so much at a glance. So if you're going to do a cover letter, make it an additional document rather than just a repeat. And the last thing I'll say is put it in the body of the email. So your cover letter is your email and I call it an introduction letter. So introduction letter is your email, and then to that you attach your um, CV and your all your academic transcripts, and even matric if you've got great marks. Fantastic. Thanks, <clears throat> Tracy. Excellent insights there. Um, Danielle Moller asks, as a recent graduate who needs to enter an intern position, is the chance of getting a job with a smaller or bigger companies better, Tracy? I don't think you really have, uh, you know, the, the luxury of choosing. 
To be honest, I think that the role, whether irrespective of, you know, it's sometimes even irrespective of the industry, but the role, irrespective of the, the larger or the smaller, it's going to come with benefits. In a smaller company, you could be more hands-on. In a, in a larger company, you may have a more structured uh, career plan. You know, So I think that you should apply to, to all. If you then have the benefit of an interview, you'll go and meet them and you'll get a feeling for the organization. And then whether they're small or large or whatever, it's going to be less of a less of a thing. That's very important, Tracy. So the size of the organization will largely determine the breadth of the work that you're going to do. And that should really inform your sense of prioritizing which companies you want to work for. But as you said correctly, you may not have the luxury of that choice. And it's probably a case of just getting whatever you can as early on in your career. And as you build up an experienced CV, then you can become more choosy as to whether you want to work for a bigger or a smaller um, organization. <clears throat> the other challenges, of course, as I've experienced in a large organization, you might get to the level where your breadth starts to become across the entire organization and you have to then handle both the breadth and the depth. Um, and that then, you know, does position you for very much more senior uh, levels and, and, and future growth opportunities. Tracy, I've put our course that we co-instructed into the chat and I've opened that up for limited free enrollment today and we'll only make it available during the webinar. Otherwise, I find it becomes too difficult to manage. So you'll need to enroll in that before 12 o'clock when we, at one o'clock when we finish off. But that is our course on how to interview like a boss. So, uh, you know, presuming that you get an interview, and then I'll also put uh, another course of mine in the chat, which is how to improve your job prospects. So I think it was the question uh, from Takafatso um, or one of the others uh, saying, how do they improve their prospects and positioning in the marketplace, uh, which covers uh, a range of topics that we are going to uh, cover off today. And on that point, so let's then go into uh, Takafatso's uh, question, studying accounting science at University of Pretoria. I'd like to know what are the qualities I need in order to prepare for work. So, Tracy, big, broad question and difficult to cover in one hour. And I would suggest, you know, go and get hold of Tracy and have an hour or two consults and she can give you, you know, the masterclass on that. And I've made available the course that we've done on it. But, Tracy, just at a high level, I mean, how would you answer that uh, question? And even not just for accounting, but, you know, other industries as well. So let's think about if we say, for example, we were hiring graduates, what would we want? What would we look for, Peter? So um, it's not let's break it into an, you know, let's start with an obvious one. Tenacity, hunger to uh, succeed, um, willing to roll up their sleeves and whether or not you're somebody who likes to be coding in the corner quietly or whether you want to be out there selling or whether you're, you know, outgoing or, or not, whether you are great uh, if you've got leadership. So that kind of those kind of qualities aren't, um, you know, that everyone's different and that's the diversity that we all welcome. But if you think about the qualities in order that you would have in order to secure a job, think about if you were hiring, you have a company, you are allowed to hire one or you want to hire one person. What would make that a person stand out for you? I think for me, it would be someone who reaches out, who engages, who doesn't just say, hi, I'm looking for a job, who actually looks at the structure of my company, who it matches up what their skills are with a potential role, who comes to me and says, Tracy, could I job shadow you for a month for free? Having that experience on your CV is worth millions later on. So yes, it's for free. And yes, you don't always have the luxury of not earning a salary. But I'm telling you that is an investment that's worth it. So when it also, there's another thing that if you're thinking, I have my degree and I really want to be a this and somehow I'm not getting interviews. What you can do is go onto LinkedIn and go and see what other people who are doing that job have. Go and see if there's supplementary studies you can do. Go and see if there's um, if they're doing certain courses. Go upskill in that way. And th th that, therefore, you are 
you are positioning yourself in terms of your skills and expertise as well as you can and then add the energy and the enthusiasm and determination and you're going to get the job yeah. <clears throat> if i could just then also add on um as you said if i was hiring somebody and we went through an interview process at the end of last year and the thing that the candidate we hired eventually did in the interview, which stood out for me, she disagreed with me in the interview. <laughs> really? Yeah. And, 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 and that was it, because everybody else was, you know, because when I was setting up the question, I sort of made a bit of a statement and sort of teed up the question. And um, instead of all the other candidates who were just trying to say what they thought, and I was on a panel and they were, they, they were sort of saying what they thought we wanted to hear, which was very vanilla and generic and buzzwordy, et cetera. You know, she came with an opinion. She came with a view. She came with an intent. And she was willing to put the interview on the line because she believed passionately about how, what, what, how she stood on a certain topic, et cetera. And, and look, she, obviously, it wasn't something that we were non-negotiable about. It was an approach to doing something in the workplace. So, so just to answer that question, I think, you know, you, you, everyone on this call today, you've got to have the guts to stand for what you believe in uh, and, and take a little bit of risk in order to stand out. You know, that would be my answer to, to, to that question, but obviously not too much risk. Um, you know, don't, 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 don't risk, you know, you or annoying people, et cetera. But I think generally speaking, um, executives and experienced people are looking for divergent views and, Tracy, I've just finished reading a book called uh, No Rules Rules, uh, which was the story of um, the success of Netflix and um, how their organizational culture drove their incredible uh, dominance of the of the entertainment industry, despite um, very humble beginnings when they offered Blockbuster uh, to run their website. And this was back in 2000. And Blockbuster turned down the offer of $50 million to buy Netflix from them. And 20 years later, there are three a two quarter a quarter of a trillion dollar company and, and blockbuster went bankrupt and one of the things that reed hastings the ceo talks about uh, in that book was fundamental to their organizational culture was this um, idea of candor and candid feedback and speaking up and having the honesty to speak out and you know it, it's a certain amount of risk that you have to take but and it depends on the organizational culture but one of the things they valued was dissent and disagreement um, and when people kept quiet, they then failed in movie launches, they failed in product features. But when people had healthy, robust debates and disagreements about things, they had greater success because they got to a better answer. And people are looking for that in the interview to see, how you, to see how you will behave in the organization. So that would be, you know, kind of a, a, a kind of a bit of an insight um, from my perspective. Um, and, you, and I go, Trace. You know, Pete, it's so interesting because you now you interview loads of people, but you're actually remembering that person. So what kind yeah, of skills and abilities do you need? And do something that's actually impactful. It yeah, does take yeah. courage. But you know, finding a job takes courage. I really yeah. love that. Trace, I know we're gonna we've got another 25 minutes or so. So let's try and get through as many of these questions as we possibly can. Our man says, Hi all. I'm a final year student BSc chemistry, second year biochemistry studying at Tuck. What should I do to stand out? Should I do internships? How to get internships? Again, all with the longer-term objective, I suppose, of getting a job and a future career in your vocation. So I'll talk to, to Maleng's question as well, because whether it's an internship or a job, the process is kind of is similar. Let's break it into steps. First of all, CV, LinkedIn must be... I mean, that's really your marketing, your life marketing document. And in fact, guys, I think CVs are going to be phased out. I think LinkedIn is going to be um, take over as CVs. And, and in fact, Peter and I can do um, a LinkedIn uh, chat at some stage, how to kind of use your LinkedIn. So you've got that. Sit down and please do not say, do a search for business analysts, up LinkedIn, PNET or whatever, Click apply, click apply. You're never going to hear anything. What I want you to do is say, these are the five companies I want to work for or intern for. 
And, um, and people are doing internships a lot more now because they're seeing it as a great way of hiring graduates. These are the, com the companies I want to work for. Go to their career page, create a profile, sign up on their portal. That's the first place that they look for, you know, people. Um, if it's an internship, often it will be on a separate page, like under the young talent kind of um, internships and grad programs and et cetera. Then I want you to go and find, and you can phone the reception of the company if you need to. Phone the switchboard and say, I'm looking for the person in charge of winter intern, hiring winter interns. Please may I have their name. Ideally, their, their email as well. If they don't give you email, it's quite easy to find email addresses these days. Go and find that person. Pop them a message to say, hey, Tracy, um, I have applied for the graduate program. Like I said earlier, please keep me on your radar. I really want to work here. Then what do you do? You go find a graduate who's working in that company and you say, maybe do a search and find someone who's a fellow alumni or you have something in com common with. This is easy to say. I was also at UJ. How did you get in? Give me some tips. Okay. If you see someone who's a grad, you can always reach out to them, pop them a quick mail or LinkedIn inbox and say, does the company offer internships? Is there someone in the company I can send my CV to? And even if they don't offer internships, maybe I can ask if I can job shadow for an afternoon. It's pro, you've got to be proactive. Don't, and it's, it's scary. I don't think young people are lazy. I think it's that you don't necessarily know that you can do this or you feel a bit like you're rashing people. Yeah. So um, I'm giving you permission, having been in recruitment for over 20 years, mm. I people that stood out in my mind were the people who had the courage to reach out and be in touch and ask. And not just, hey, I'm looking for an internship. I have studied technology. I, I've studied computer science and I'd really like to shadow um, a, a developer in your company for the afternoon. So give them the stuff that you need. Give them the stuff to help you. Mm -hmm. And then the same thing um, when, when it comes to looking for a graduate role. Often there, often there will be, they'll say we're not hiring graduates, but um, companies are always looking for young talent with the right attitude. They'll mm -hmm. even create roles. You never know. Mm -hmm. I remember, and I don't recommend this, but you see, I'm remembering it. There was a young lady who said to me, Tracy, and she came for the internship and she said afterwards, Tracy, I don't care if I have to chain myself to your desk and get you coffee all day but I really want to work here. And she did end up working there. And I definitely, I mean, that was, so I definitely don't recommend that, but look, she st stood out in my mind as being that determined. So finding no, the job, is, um, finding the job is not just applying and interviewing. Finding a job is, yeah, is finding creative ways to get noticed. Mm. Okay. Tracy, John says completed honors in IT last year, difficulty securing a job for 2022. Um, I mean, IT, surely, I mean, that should be in demand. Uh, so maybe contact Tracy, you know, after the session and see if she can assist. But uh, you've also applied for your master's. That's great. Should I wait it out and apply more or pursue master's? Tracy? I would have, um, I don't think, again, you'd have the luxury of choosing right now. So I would go, I would go flat out with both. So you've got, you know, um, you've applied for your master's as an option, but still apply. Um, Put, but no, just sort of half apply and then feel like, oh, you know, not getting a job, so I'm settling. I'd much rather you get some interest and maybe even a job and then say, okay, does it make sense for me to do master's or take this role? So go flat out with both, have options, and then make an informed decision. I would absolutely agree with that. Go flat out on both. And then if you guys will recall, when we uh, interviewed Chris Warfuck, uh, we have a course on how to interview for IT positions. So, Jean, I'll open that course up now and pop it into the uh, chat for you to enroll and go through a number of lessons that both Tracy and uh, Chris then actually teach. And Chris himself is an IT expert uh, from the UK. One of the things that stood out for me that he said in that webinar was, go build an app. Okay. 
Um, if you've got a bit of spare time, you know, uh, so do both of those that you're talking about there, the masters and look for a job. But then if you've got a little bit of spare time, go build an app, go build a website, go, you know, offer your services out. And, and Chris often then would see when, you know, applicants came into his organization and they said, well, I built this app for my friend or I built this website and it did this and that. And the next thing it was just that extra thing that stood out. And maybe this is the opportunity that you have to do that, obviously, depending on specifically what. Uh, you did then study in your IT uh, qualification. Tracy, moving quickly on, I want to try and get through all the questions. Um, I'm a final year at University of Pretoria majoring in tax, accounting, auditing, and economics. Any recommendations on how to stick it out and secure a good future? So great question. I mean, that's what we all want, right? And a job might only be one aspect of that. But thoughts on those qualifications, phone R&B. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. I really like the fact that... Um, Accounting then has some specialization. I know they they often uh, were looking, you know, in all the banks I've worked at, tax as an add-on. So I really like that. I like the fact you're doing economics as well. It gives it more context. So it's you know it's not too siloed. It's adding more value. When you ask me how to stick it out, it's making me wonder if you're perhaps not loving it and you're feeling a little bit like uninspired. Mm. Um, you're a final year, so it's not like I would say just go and change the, you know, cha change. However, it could be that the jobs that you're seeing that would be open to you are maybe not that exciting. And I think that it would be it would be so good for you to reach out to graduates via LinkedIn again. Go and find graduates in a couple of different companies that you could potentially work at, and ask them to talk through their average day. And I reckon that if you hear from someone what they're doing and you feel excited about it, I think it's going to inspire you to keep to keep going with your studies. If you don't feel, you know, like what are you working towards, I think it's really hard to stick it out. Okay. Thanks, Tracy. Appreciate that. Um, then just sticking with the economics, Josias is doing a final year BCom economics and econometrics at University of Johannesburg. He came here to know what are his options, right? So sticking with that theme of economics and accounting, Tracy. Mm -hmm. So, um, Josias, it would be interesting to know when you did, when you started studying, what you thought that you could do. Um, and then also, you know, whether it changed. In terms of economics, it also, you know, what you study could fit into a lot of different a lot of different industries. So I would say, I mean, an economist, a researcher, working with data, um, I think that what you should think about is what industry, are you crazy about cars? Do you want to go and um, work for Toyota? I do know that um, in an investment banking environment, the economists that we would hire would have a master's. And also, the bank would not have more than a couple of economists, and tend they tended not to be graduates. So, if there's anything, so let's say you want to go into um, investment banking, please consider something supplementary like a CFA, CFA one. That's going to um, allow you. That's going to people are hiring graduates um, who have sort of actual technical skills rather than an economist is something you could grow into within an organization. Mm -hmm. Now, I've always been in banking, so I'm talking from that perspective. So and I, I admit that I may, you know, may be different in other companies. But if somebody had um, economics with a CFA, um, that would add, uh, that would be more meaty. Great, Tracy, appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, then uh, very quickly on LinkedIn. So Tracy, yes, um, as I mentioned to you, myself and Salil, in fact, have now developed an entire masterclass on using LinkedIn to find a job. And we'll be launching that in the next couple of weeks. So we'll get both Tracy and Salil in to do a little bit of a panel discussion um, on using LinkedIn, uh, supported by then obviously uh, what is turning out to be a three, four hour course uh, in which uh, we teach you how to use LinkedIn, that we actually show you uh, on LinkedIn uh, all the different features that you've got access to and how to navigate it and update your profile and uh, get the jobs that you're looking for. So to answer Tumaleng's uh, question there about a LinkedIn chat, we'll schedule that for the next couple of weeks. We're just polishing up the course and we'll uh, get it out to everybody as soon as 
possible. Um, then we've got a question doing MSc chemistry at University of Pretoria, but I do all my work with a certain company. Can that be counted as part of a job experience? I would say yes, Trace. I mean, it's no, workplace, right? I think it's fabulous. And especially as you could even, you've got relationships now, they could be references or referees. Um, I think absolutely put that. I mean, it's a gift to have had work experience. Um, so absolutely. Okay, Tracy, then um, Ashton, and we get this quite often as international students. I don't know what the situation there is with regards to his work permit and visa, et cetera. Maybe we must just cover that very briefly, Tracy. Um, but chances of getting a job then as an international student? So, um, my client this morning is actually looking for a job abroad. And so she's actually South African. And I was saying to her, it's so much easier. She's senior, so it's so much easier when you have skills to go on. So it's easier for people to motivate for a work permit when you're not a grad. As a grad, it is incredibly hard, and I am owning that. However, what you've got to think about is how do you, two things, how do you differentiate yourself from the other grads coming out? So what can you add on to make yourself more valuable? Um, because if somebody finds somebody with a skill that they really need and they've been interviewing South African students and haven't found it, they're more inclined to then motivate for a work permit. They're more inclined to say, okay, so fair enough, this doesn't count from a Department of Labor perspective. However, I'm comfortable that I couldn't find those skills locally. The other thing is, so add on the extra value wherever you can. Your marks are great. Um, so, but add on anything um, supplementary. The other thing that you can do is know that at first you may have to compromise a little bit. It's worth it. So my client two days ago um, is from, uh, I think, from Congo, and he was in academia. He then moved into a role that he is definitely more senior for. But he took it for a year because it got him into the market. And now he's got recruiters phoning him. Suddenly now the, um, the nationality is not an issue at all because he's developed these skills that whilst we were even on the call, he was getting, we were, he was getting calls. So yes, bite the bullet, not easy. Um, persevere, the, it gets easier. Mm. And then, Tracy, I guess uh, in that same vein, uh, studying financial services, graduating in May, being applying to a lot of roles, declined or no response, how do I get past this? And again, my own personal story, which I've shared a couple of times. Uh, when I studied, I had a bursary from ESCOM and um, I had 150,000 rands debt uh, because I wasn't going to continue there uh, for various reasons. So my cover letter and my um, approaching companies included 150,000 rand debt, which was back in 1997. And I had to approach and write 70 different cover letters. So, you know, depending on how many you've gone through and what level of resilience you have, um, you know, I eventually found one person that said, right, you know, we'll, we'll pay for your, your loan, uh, come and work for us. Uh, and I did. And that was the foot in the door that I needed. So Tracy, again, I mean, you've talked about resilience and, you know, standing out and not harassing people, but following people up as much as possibly can. Any tips in financial services specifically for this question? Uh, absolutely. And listen, just in terms of rashing or harassing, um, sometimes we feel like we're bombarding the company, but there could be 30,000 people there and you're messaging one person. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, um, you, we often feel worse about it than it actually is a problem there's nothing bad about just popping a hey don't forget about me i'm not giving up i really want to work for you guys so now in terms of clips from the internet i love that um you see what you're getting now is you're thinking why am i getting declined and no response why not ask why not go back to them and say just checking that you've got my CV. Maybe they haven't responded because they just haven't been able to screen yet. Maybe they have put the role on hold and it's they, you're still being considered, but it's yeah. just maybe you're being declined by an algorithm. How mm -hmm. do you know? And you fret. So what do you do? You go and ask. 
then you're yeah. going to start to get feedback and you're going to sense themes and then you can address them. Right now, you're guessing. Yeah. And Tracy, just also from my perspective and what was evident in that last question was either decline or no response. So I would double down. If there's a decline, ask why. Ask what was the issue. Ask what was the gap that you're looking for. Not to try and keep that process going, but to learn from that for other job applications. And then the, the no response, you have every right to chase someone down until you do get a response one way or the other. Um, so, Mandisa, just uh, on this question, and I'll give a couple of quick thoughts, and then Tracy, over to you. And then we've probably got time for one or two questions after that. But uh, she asks, she's a graduate without the best marks, but some good part-time side hustle experience. How do I use that to my advantage when applying for jobs? So one of the things that we talk about in the LinkedIn course, which will be coming out in the next couple of weeks, is to go and do research on the recruiters themselves. Because very often on their LinkedIn profiles, they talk about their approach to recruiting and to driving the talent pipeline for their organization. And when I was researching for the course, it was very enlightening, actually, because they will say on their own profile what their preference is for the type of talent they want to bring into their organization. And there were a number of recruiters, and I actually show this on the screen in the course, who actually talk about how they value this entrepreneurial type of experience. So mm -hmm. you should actually then be targeting your search at the people that will be hiring you and would have some preference for that entrepreneurial type of experience, possibly because that's what they've experienced and what they've been good at um, in their own life. And if there's a recruiter's profile up there that talks about, you know, they got the top marks at such and such a university, there's a good indication that that's what they would value in CVs that they would then look at. And that might not be the best person for you to target. Um, rather go for somebody in their profile who talks about uh, the value of entrepreneurial skills, etc. And a good classic example is Elon Musk. You know, he always talks about that and says, uh, you know, graduates and marks, etc. is a little bit secondary for him. Um, you know, he actually looks for people that can solve problems and have been able to start and run businesses and, and get things done in the real world. So Tracy, thoughts on Mandisa's question? Absolutely. So I, for me, in actual fact, having a side hustle holds a lot more weight. And how you can position it. So first of all, I think it's a great thing on your CV. A lot of people don't have it. And the second thing is you can always say, listen, my marks aren't great, but I was running a company or I was selling T-shirts because I actually needed to pay me for my fees. So I don't think that that's a bad thing so long as you position it correctly. Position it as a... Say, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I didn't even want to study, but I did both. And yes, you know, perhaps I could have grown my product or perhaps my marks could have been higher. Yeah. But look what I've, you know, but position it positively, position it strategically as if you had control. Yes, I was enjoying it more. I'm so glad I passed, kind of thing. Yeah. And if, if Daniel Robe, if, if, if Daniel Robas was here and we interviewed him uh, last year, he would say, well, why don't you turn your side hustle into your main thing and then hire another 10 people and become an employer? Um, you know, and that was exactly the route that he followed. But again, there's some risk with that. You know, um, there might be bills to pay, et cetera. So you're looking for a little bit of that stability uh, in an organization. But don't discount that as a real opportunity as well. Tracy, last couple of questions and then we'll let you go. First one. Uh, and both of these last questions will be on CVs. So firstly, quickly here, customizing CV for every job open, opening or standard CV for multiple positions. I mean, it's really hard to, um, uh, I'm working with someone who is busy with their masters um, at the moment, and he has saved one, and in fact, he might even be listening, I'm giving away his, um, his secret, but he's got one for um, engineering, then he's got one for uh, coding, being a developer, and he's got one for um, uh optimization kind of so on so but it's very hard if it's like a broad range i think that you could stick to a fairly generic cv but what you could maybe then elaborate on is in your in your introduction letter mm. whatever happens though don't um because you know you don't really want to have to fudge it one way or the other you want to be authentic but mm. whatever happens 
don't send your CV to someone mentioning that you are. So, for example, I really want to work in marketing and you're applying for a financial, but you last applied to Unilever or, you know, or yeah. I'd really like to work for investing, but you're sending it to RMB. Yeah. That kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Tracy, then last question, also on CVs, one page, two pages. I mean, it's like a ball of string, but, you know, quick thoughts on that. Remember with these things, it's kind of our opinion. So people will vary. Uh, in the US, it's one page. Uh, in South Africa, it can be up to eight pages. Two is, two is good. For me, two yeah. is good. All right, Trace, last question. I think this is an important one then from memory. A suitable website for browsing jobs. I think um, to go to a, a, a website that's going to showcase jobs from all over the place is you're going to be sifting. I would rather, remember what I said, find a company you want to work for, find some companies and go and check vacancies on their website. Where it's quite good is to use LinkedIn because then you can set up alerts, specific alerts. You can put in keywords. So then the job specs that you're sent are going to be tailor-made rather than you're going through a bunch. But to yep. say one uh, website, I mean, there, there must be some out there, but the fact that I don't know of them kind of, you know, yep. I don't know. Look, LinkedIn, and again, in our course, we teach you how to create job alerts on positions based on the location and the industry that you're interested in. You will start getting job alerts in your inbox from LinkedIn, which is the single biggest professional network and jobs marketplace in the world. Uh, yeah. So I really support what Tracy's saying about LinkedIn and the course is coming out very soon. So you'll be able to get into that and get some value from it. But I've also found in the South African context, this website up here, very useful for looking at bursaries, um, but then also to look at companies that support bursary students and graduate recruitment type of hiring. So you could still go through that website. It's broken up according to the different faculties. And then in those different faculties, go and look through there for uh, organizations because they're putting themselves out there looking for people uh, for bursary schemes but they may also have positions that you could then talk about tracy we're going to let you go and we're going to wrap up uh, all the resources and links are in the chat so please do take advantage of all of them last thoughts from your side tracy and we will see you next week to announce the winner of our laptop giveaway in the facebook uh posts that we've got running at the moment yes i was meant to talk more about the laptop but we'll talk about it next week cindy you're always so engaging thank you and um, if there are two similar positions at a company could you apply i mean should you apply for one or both which one is more likely to get you the job apply for both and then um daniela we already um we already touched on and there was somebody else that i really wanted to respond to but in any case the last thing i'll say is there's a sagia is a great um organization that focuses on companies who are recruiting grads so they also have jobs and so on and then also your university uh campus um, centers often will have jobs in their career um, booklets. Yeah, fantastic, Tracy. Thank you so much. I'm going to put that in the chat there very quickly for everybody. We'll see you in the Facebook group and we'll see you next week. Tracy, thanks for joining us. Appreciate that. Yeah. Everybody, hope you have thanks a good weekend me. and good luck. Thanks all. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye -bye.